Oh, again, overproduced by Martin Hannett, take four. Welcome to a three-bean salad. Here we go again. The only Mamma Mia podcast uh, recorded in my younger sister's bedroom, as far as I know. I, don't I, know would, I wouldn't be too sure. To... Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, f- funny thing, I've just realized as we've started recording, this uh, I believe this is the room where I first watched Mamma Mia on DVD. Uh, this oh. is the bedroom that my siblings used to share. Yeah, they shared a room, and there was a TV with a little uh, DVD player built into it, and it was on that TV that we rewatched Mamma Mia ad nauseum. And here I am, uh, what a decade down the line, still doing the same the same thing. Uh, some people would call that Arrested Development. I just think it's fun. No, Arrested uh, but... Development's a different <laughs> show. Uh... This is. Oh, uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is actually the exact same room that I first watched Mamma Mia for the first time. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's always it's always been that. Every single week that we've recorded it thus far. Uh, yeah. So, Jack, what did you think of the film this week? <laughs> well, look, I did make one shocking discovery. Well,. No, well, yeah, I guess it was, there's something I spotted this week that made me feel a little, a little uneasy. I still gave the um, the film a 10 out of 10. Like, rest assured, audience, I still love this movie. But there's a complicated little thing to address later on uh, in regards to an outfit choice at one point in the film. But other than that... Would you say I, that um, the outfit choice made you very cross? Look, yes, we'll iron yes. out the details later, but... <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Um, But I watched this movie partially with uh, my youngest sister. She watched, like, the... I suppose, like, the, the middle of the movie with me. Uh, This is the same sister that last year uh, <laughs> was so shocked by a certain movie that we watched. A certain scene in a certain movie we watched that she exclaimed... Christ, I'm going to get a slice of bread. Uh, so, you know, she didn't have many thoughts on Mamma Mia other than uh, it's fun. Uh, Butch, how, how is it for you this week? Apple really doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, I could so see you saying that unironically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I often, do, I often do resort to carbs. Uh, it's your The soulmate. Julie Walters method. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the film was nice, alright? I thought it was just nice. I woke up yesterday, uh, my my sister had to go for a COVID test, which meant that my my mother needed to take her, uh, obviously, uh, and, 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 uh, they needed to be out of the house by four, which meant that we had to reschedule our daily Desperate Housewives episode for free, and I oh, woke up at Christ. about, I woke up at about one, and I was like, you know what, I've got lots of, like, shit I want to do today, 
and I don't want Mamma Mia sort of hovering over me. So it was a bit of a mad dash, but I immediately woke up, immediately <laughs> watched Mamma Mia, and then the second it finished, went down to watch Desperate Housewives. So I'll be honest, my head was a bit frazzled. Uh, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> a, a, an adjective. What a but, day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did, so I, I was a bit just sort of in shock uh, to too much so to take that many notes, but I did take some and uh, yeah, I just thought the film was nice and fun God, sounds like you had a, well, what a mad day Yeah, yeah. I yeah. ended up watching something like five films, possibly more uh, Christ and uh, I mean, it's just a normal day for me, but one of them I, it was Hot Shots Part 2, which Spoilers for Hot Shots Part 2 ends with Rowan Atkinson falling off of a fucking cliff. Oh, God. Everything. I feel like that's a, an omen of things to come. What, like, Rowan Atkinson's going to fall off a cliff this year? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I was thinking more so that he'll just be eradicated from, like, uh, the timeline altogether. <laughs> now, I will there's have no a memory of him. No memory of him. <laughs> So anyway, oh, Mamma Mia. Yes, do you want to maybe take the lead? Sure. I'm sure we're going to have some fucking some 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 hearty discussions when we get into yours. Uh so <laughs> my first note is that uh we completely forgot to mention last week that we're already in the double digits. Uh Oh shit, we are. This, this is, is week 11, isn't week it? Week 11. It's time has flown by. Uh mm. At, 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 at a shocking rate, but yeah, we're in double digits now. Already, watch six of Mamma Mia for the year. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like we've watched it six times. Honestly, it feels like I've watched it once, ever in my life. <laughs> uh, it's just that fresh. Uh, my 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 first actual note is: I love the idea that Stavros is a, a really like committed chef. Uh, <laughs> he's very proud of owning the whole woman cookbook and I think that's lovely yeah I mean surely he must know how to cook a whole woman at this <laughs> stage he's probably cooked multiple whole women after all all the best chefs in the world are men <laughs> no no you can't no I refuse I refuse to acknowledge that reference I can't remember if we've pointed this out before or not, I, I feel like we possibly have, but there's a Donna and the Dynamos poster that we see at some point, and have we mentioned that it says that they were playing at a place called Fernando's? I'm not sure we have mentioned that. I know we've definitely mentioned the um, the poster, but I don't know if we've ever uh, thrown any, any nod to the venue. Yeah, it's, uh, I, no, I, I, I certainly don't remember it. But yeah, so Donna sings Fernando, as we've both separately come to realise. Uh, <laughs> and apparently Donna and the Dynamos played at a venue called Fernando's. So, hmm, how does this keep happening? We gotta, we gotta dive into yeah. this shit. Oh, God. Um, I'm wondering, maybe, did Cienfuegos own a venue? That's and so Donna the, had, the only, had an in. Yes, yeah, the only like had a foot in the door. But did he didn't know? Surely, 
that she was his daughter. And if he did and never told her, or if he did and told her and she never told anyone, that's fucking strange. Like, <laughs> yeah, like keeping it to herself for all those years. Like, what, like living like a I nun. Mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 one thing. Uh, I guess somewhat concealing the identity of uh, the the father of your. Uh, child from your child but like yeah like i feel like an extra like somehow it's worse being like i know who my dad is but i know is it worse it's weird it's a strange one and i mean we're we, i feel like this is all speculation but it's the only with you know with the evidence that we have it's the only conclusion i can come to yeah because uh, we're never introduced to another fernando in the franchise so Maybe no, it's Fernando's working, twin the... brother. <laughs> also called Fernando. <laughs> also played by the most interesting man in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, he showed up in a book I was reading during the week. Oh. Huh? Um, there was just some mention of that uh, of that ad in a book I was reading. Uh, book kind of sucked, so I'm not going to dwell on it. I think we could agree that the most interesting man in the world adds those are canon in the Mamma universe, and those are, in fact, Fernando's brother. Uh, yeah, I I think so. I mean, like, he dresses very suavely. He's clearly living off the paychecks, like, mm. from from that ad. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them canon for sure. I love the story of how that actor landed those ads. They were told, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure many of you have heard this before, uh, for that ad, actors that were auditioning they were told you have to uh come up with a story that ends with the line and that's how i arm wrestled fidel castro and <laughs> he came in immediately removed one of his socks and then improvised for 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck and he landed the ad <laughs> i mean yeah like that's brilliant I feel like with stuff like that, when it comes to, uh, I don't know, I guess coming up with a scenario like that, maybe it's sometimes the best course of action is to just fucking go hell for leather, make yourself slightly uncomfortable, and just not prepare. Is that, I don't feel like sometimes you get the, the best results that way. Other times it's absolutely disastrous. I've definitely done a college presentations uh with that method that have gotten <laughs> the terribly... remove one sock method <laughs> yeah so you know similar sort of things <laughs> my next Just kind note. of shocking people with something off the bat my next note is the dungaree continuity is impeccable care to elaborate uh just just not, I mean, it's just the dungaree continuity is impeccable. I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought as much, but um, I just wanted to see if you if you had any more to add. But no, I um, I can only agree. Also, side note, dungaree continuity, uh, great name for a band. Uh, <laughs> write that down. I've, you know, I'll put that in the notes app of all the band <laughs> names I have. My next note is just a quote from Julie Walters, which is, Not Harry Headbanger. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a good quote. Moving on. It is just a good quote, yeah. It's a good line. Next note is from 
lay all your love on me, which is, Sophie says to Skye, you'll never leave me, right? Just saying, beginning of the next mm. film. I don't know, Sky. Mm-hmm. He be- when he dies and becomes a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sky. And like, can we just like, just just get get it out of our system just straight away? They were like totally just about to fuck on a public beach, right? Uh, <laughs> um, fucking animals. Oh, like God, animals I mean, like, do yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were. I mean, see, I wouldn't... I guess now that you mention it, it is a very, very intimate number, but can can you bang during a, a dance sequence? I'm not sure I've seen it done. Hmm. I'm trying to think. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to like think of what X-rated to... musicals I've seen. I suppose uh, <laughs> had some musical numbers in it, though I forget if there was <laughs> sex during that. Uh... There was that X-rated uh, parody from the 70s, but I haven't seen that, so I can't confirm. If there hasn't been any porno musicals that include dance numbers interspersed, that's a fucking untapped genre right there. I feel like we could write that. I guess maybe they were about to get a little, a little steamy, and I wouldn't have, you know... Uh, two consenting adults could do what they want and like you know I'm perfect I'm perfectly fine with exhibitionism and all that but you know fly your freak flag F- fly your freak are you flag okay? is what I try- <laughs> no I think I'm you, having have a your drinks been spiked <laughs> no you see I, I spike them myself sometimes but not today anyway speaking um, of drinks being spiked so that brings me on to my next <laughs> note uh, which is that this film it's actually a total ripoff of Gaspar Noé's climax. Uh, oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Maybe it is. All right. So uh, I already see where you're going with it. So number one, uh, I, I, I. This is my first note, but I don't know how this. I don't know exactly how this applies to Mamma Mia. But my first note is starts with everyone trying to sleep with each other. Uh. Um, I mean, I feel like uh, the whole movie is kind of, I guess, at least, yeah. you know, at, at every moment there's uh, kind of someone trying to sleep with someone in, in some respects. True. I'll take it. Uh, both films have characters called Daddy, uh, is my second note. <laughs> the the hen party scene alone, I think we can agree, is basically just a tiny remake of Climax. Uh, complete with I mean, everyone I basically like, passing out at the end. Yeah, like, there's um even that shot uh from above during a voulez-vous, which is really, like, the um that bit of uh, Climax where kind of the dancers, like, are stood in a ring. Mm. And, like, one by one, they kind of do a little solo piece in the middle. Yeah. So I guess, like, yeah, I could definitely see a, a connection there. And, of course, there's the one bit which I have to point out, which you're going to fucking hate me for, and I think you can already guess what it's going to be. And I have that's a feeling I know. The, both films have lots of dancing. Uh... <laughs> God, I, I, I really had to bite my tongue there. <laughs> what, well, do you think I was going to bring up?
<laughs> so my next note uh, is the uh, this is just going back to Greek mythology, which is something we haven't tapped into in a bit. Uh, I've I've I've, I've it's finally settled on what this is. This is this is just this is obviously the story of uh, Persephone being uh, taken into the underworld by Hades. Uh, that's obviously what that is. Sophie is Persephone, uh, Sky mm-hmm. is Hades, and uh, Donna is Demeter. Uh, like it's okay. it's just it's obvious. All right. So the story for those of you who don't know, we probably discussed it somewhat on the podcast before, but essentially, I, I think we have, yeah. But essentially, Persephone is just she's minding her own fucking business. Suddenly, Hades pops up, fucking whisks her away. Turns out that uh, it was because. Hades went to Zeus and was like, Zeus, I really like Persephone. And Zeus was like, fucking take her, whatever, what do I fucking care? Do it, go on, don't fucking dare you. Uh, and fucking <laughs> Persephone, daughter of Demeter. Uh, you know, Demeter's fucking, like, fuck, my fucking, my daughter's gone. What the fuck? You know, which is just like Donna being like, I don't actually want her to leave the hotel. Uh, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, okay. And you know Zeus telling Hades to you know just go and fucking kidnap Persephone is a lot like Sophie wanting someone to give her away. Just saying. Uh, and th- then basically the end of the story is Persephone ends up striking a deal so that she spends about half of the year in the underworld and half of the year it uh, not in the underworld. And the half of the year where she's in the underworld is what we call winter because, uh, oh, yeah. because Demeter is just like fucking. Uh, I'm sad. My daughter's gone, so I'm gonna stop. You know, giving everything life, and then it becomes cold. <laughs> uh, that's that's the theological explanation for why we have winter. But uh, yeah, basically that's that's what I'm saying. The end of the film is. Uh, uh, Hades taking uh, Persephone uh, to to the underworld uh, on in a boat uh, o- o- over the river Styx, as it as it may well yeah. be. Uh, she'll cross the stream. She has a dream. <laughs> I mean, it's very compelling. Um, there's very little I could disagree with. Even when you first brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, I like the ending. I could see like the the river Styx kind of thing playing into it. Uh, I will buy it wholesale. I uh, I will convert to Greek theology as my religion as a result. I think it's a pretty it's dead a- religion at this point, but you know, you do you. Nope, nope. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> I think it's due a revival. Uh, fucking, it's coming what, back with Riot Girl and <laughs> Heelys. Bring it on. Yeah, it's just it's the twenty year rule, right? Like or whatever the fucking is. Forty year rule, but. Uh, I think it's gotten shorter. Uh, four hundred year Last rule. I like. heard. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back. I'm I'm into vintage stuff. I was just, <laughs> I was born in the wrong generation, man. Remember Jesus. when? Uh, remember when you could just live in a a cart on the side of the Greek streets and like masturbate in public? <laughs> Some say yeah. you still can. <laughs> The masks Moving during on. uh during Voulez-vous, the masks are very eyes wide shut. I'm not sure if we've mentioned that before. I've not seen eyes wide shut, but I think I know the masks you mean. 
it's a yeah interesting film uh mixed thoughts on it uh moving on uh don't i don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it uh anyway uh hey, hey. does so so harry you know he's on the he's on the little pedal boat you know it's uh tanya says you should you know the dad should pay for the wedding and then he immediately jumps mm-hmm. out next we see him he's still in his trunks and life vest uh running towards Donna with a check that he's written out. Does he keep his checkbook in his trunks? That is the only <laughs> that is the only conclusion I can come to. Yeah, I mean I was thinking like is he's staying on uh Bill's boat, obviously. Did did he swim to Bill's boat? And then like he'd still have to bring the checkbook through the water, surely. Maybe it's in the goat house. Maybe he forgot it maybe, in the goat house. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe he forgot it in the goat house. Uh, but maybe he does just have like a waterproof checkbook that he keeps in his swimming trunks for just such an occasion uh, <laughs> where he needs to abandon ship. And uh, in ex- Why does he jump out? Uh, he, like, to, he's uh, peddling the, he's peddling the boat. He could just pedal to shore, and and then Tanya very quickly does immediately after. Like it, it's he not doesn't jump fast. out. Pepper pushes him out. Obviously. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I th- yeah, I think I see what happened. Harry uh, stood up to like adjust his trunks, <laughs> and Pepper rocked the boat, throwing him overboard. God, very damn it, devious. <laughs> My next note is uh just. Going by pure logic, the maximum amount of men that Donna has slept with is 199. <laughs> she says she hasn't slept with yeah. hundreds of Hundreds men. of men. So, yeah. 199 max. Uh, I'm willing to buy it. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm willing to buy it. It's 199 max and three minimum. Yeah. So, somewhere in there. Probably, probably 199. I'm willing to vouch for it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's closer to that than free. <laughs> uh, it's. It, by have, l- have you seen Meryl Streep? She's wonderful. Uh, my ne- my my final note is uh, it's lucky that Donna and Sam are the exact same ring sizes as Sky and Sophie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is very convenient, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you know, good for them, I guess. I mean, like, I, like, I, it's not completely out of the question, but it is like slightly unlikely, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> good for them. That's all I'm gonna say on it. Amen. God damn, some good notes there, Butch. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them thoroughly. All right, why don't we just call it an episode here? Uh, I think we've done well. Um, uh, I don't n- think n- we need n- to talk n- about anything I, else. I, I got some notes, but nah, I th- I think we've probably covered everything. We could just end the show now, actually. Uh, uh, I've got some questions to ask, such as oh yeah, uh, we do have you... the question section. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> Butch, listen, uh... I'm like I don't want to address it. I, like I I I, I want to address it as little as you do, but it's it's one of my later notes. Okay. 
Uh, first of all, and this is a note that I've just uh, pulled right, right. This is fresh off the press uh, here in my <laughs> sister's room. She's got a lot of uh, posters for uh, musicals and stuff because she's big into musical theater. Hmm. And uh, there's, a, there's a little leaflet for Billy Elliot on the wall with Julie Walters' name on it. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, she's fucking cool in that. I've, uh, I've never seen, seen, seen it, but uh, I've got a DVD copy of it. So I need to watch it by the end of the year. God damn. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years and years. Uh and I there I can't remember if it handles uh there is like some trans stuff in it, but I can't remember how it's handled. I don't know if it's handled particularly well. It's been mm-hmm. years since I've seen it. I'm gonna guess um, not. Maybe not. But we'll see. Uh I must rewatch it sometime. Mm. Uh good soundtrack. And Julie Walters is, is a bad bitch, so gotta give it that. Anyways, um how do you fuck an island? All right. Well, I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna need you to. Oh wait, no. I see, I see what you're getting at now. Yeah, we're gonna fuck this place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna fuck this place. <clears throat> well, let's see. It depends on what set of genitalia you have. Uh, mm-hmm. In this case, let's say hypothetically that all three of these women are cis. Uh huh. Hypothetically. Uh, they might not be. Don't want to assume anything. Uh, if the... I suppose if the island had uh, some... Uh, like, any... Sort of a very... Uh, that's that's all I got. <laughs> I mean, it's an answer I'm willing to buy. Or um, perhaps... If, 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 if you had... Uh, the uh, genitalia uh if you had a if you had a penis then uh i suppose if <laughs> volcanoes no. <laughs> that's the I only mean, thing that's coming you're really, to you're, you're, you've really got it out for the <laughs> in this i'm just regard. trying to think about how you know you best go about it uh it, yeah just, I mean, what do you Strange. suggest? Uh, you fuck the shoreline? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, the only way to find out would be to address um, Alyssa and Lana uh, directly. And <laughs> Alyssa uh, Milano. No, no, Alyssa and Lana, uh, uh, Sophie's friends. <laughs> I didn't know Sophie's friends were played by Alyssa Milano. <laughs> what are their names again? <laughs> Ali and Lisa. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Alex and Liza. Cool. Um, I. J- if you were to f- the very top of Mount Everest, would you technically be? Um. Ooh, interesting. Because it depends. Like, well, uh, Mount Everest is technically the tallest, but also Kilimanjaro is the tallest, like freestanding mountain. Whereas Mount Everest is part of a range. So, are you? F- multiple mountains if you f*** Mount Everest. I'm just thinking because it would be connected. like the highest... I'm just trying to think the highest point like on Earth. Mm, would it... I guess you are technically like... <laughs> in Almost in like a cartoonish sense in like a... I don't know. I feel like you could Looney Tunes that. What the fuck are we doing with our lives? <laughs> no, wait, are, are we going to be talking about Mamma Mia? Sorry. I mean, I we I were already talking today <laughs> about how you... During Jaws: The Revenge, 
<laughs> Shout out Sarah Kendall. Shout out to Sarah Kendall. Of course. <laughs> Uh, we, um, for the for the record, uh, we came to the conclusion that the best way to do it would be to time it so that the person <laughs> as the shark pops at the end. That's the only way. It's the imagine only, that only whole diatribe, but imagine it with a massive bleep. <laughs> I uh, I forgot we did an episode on Jaws of Revenge. I was like, why did we watch that again? I mean, obviously because it's Jaws of Revenge, but then I forgot we did an episode on Oh, it's a great uh, episode. The dialogue in that film is perfection. <laughs> um, what's with the soft focus in, uh, like, just before Honey Honey? It shows up a few times in the film where the, the edges of the frame are, like, softened, like, a lot. But then it'll cut to, like, a, a different character in the same scene. And it's not at all. And it's very jarring. Like, mm. it, it is... Um, uh, when Ali, Sophie, and Lisa are uh, sat on the beach. You actually got their names the right. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, who saw that coming? Uh, when they're talking about Donna's diary, they're, whenever the camera's on Sophie, it's like very softened around the edges, and then it'll cut to Ali or Lisa. I'm not sure which one is which. And it's just like a completely like clean, like unsoftened shot. It's like... I've noticed it the last few times, but didn't I, d- I didn't think to bring it up. But this week, it really got me, and I saw it a few other times throughout the movie. I can't remember exactly when. Oh. I don't know. Just oh. very strange. There's, it's it's on the list of uh, strange creative decisions in this film, along with the very blotchy slow motion. Uh, yeah, like but definitely frame rate, definitely rate, isn't so. just because they forgot to film it at a high enough frame rate on the day and decided in post <laughs> we want this to be in slow-mo it's so weird with the slow-mo thing as well like whenever you get that weird like uh reduced frame rate kind of thing it's normally alongside some actual like very well done slow motion like in dancing queen it cuts between the two so much and even in the the final scene when uh aphrodite's fountain fucking explodes there's bits where it's like in like very like nice looking like well done slow motion and then it'll just cut as just like as Sophie and Sky kissing and it's like fucking watching a video on a 2004 digital camera. It's this movie does so, have again. big 2004 digital camera vibes though. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> oh god didn't didn't realize this podcast was endorsed by goofy but uh i'll take it (laughs) um (laughs) so here's here the next two notes are very sad because uh this first note this film is one of the only constants in my life at the moment what does that say about me (laughs) (laughs) and a few moments after i wrote that I noticed uh, that when we get a flashback of a uh, young Harry Headbanger, he's, he's got wearing a, fucking... a Johnny Rotten T-shirt. Yeah, I know, right? No, <laughs> no, but he's got an <laughs> iron cross on his fucking jacket. I hate this film. Uh, no, no, look, I d- look, I did some research. Oh, and... I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did. I will preface this whole thing with Nazis are very, very, very bad. But Jack, Jack, uh, Jack. Is it a Nazi yeah. uniform or is it an SS uniform? 
Look, all I'm saying is it's not a children's movie. It's a movie for everyone. Therefore, it's fine. <laughs> everyone, including Nazis. Look, um, so I did some research on the Iron Cross. And yes, it originates from like a Prussian kind of military tradition and was co-opted very heavily by uh, Nazi Germany during, you know, the Third Reich and um, given as like a medal of honor to and like a symbol of bravery or some shit to Nazi soldiers who had served. And uh, as a result, obviously, that, that insignia is now banned in a lot of Europe, like in um, Germany, obviously, and in Poland. It's very, very hush-hush. It's, it could still technically be made if there's no uh, swastika insignia in the center of it. Mm. which it traditionally did have but um the kind of history of it from there is kind of complicated obviously in europe it's got very very bad connotations but strangely enough in the u.s and it's a it's a very strange kind of thing in the u.s in the 80s and the late 70s a lot of uh hardcore punk bands co-opted the insignia as like an anti-nazi symbol like a lot of uh very vocally anti oh so what you're saying is that harry is is, what you're saying is harry is antifa well look it's difficult because this is you in u.s punk whereas harry was very much a uk punk and like i said in europe uh and like you know this side of the atlantic it's very much a taboo fucking insignia that is very much associated with, you know, the Third Reich and uh, fascism and stuff. But in the U.S., it seems to have been adopted as a th- very much the opposite. But it's still complicated over there, and a lot of people think it shouldn't be used in punk circles because it's it has that heavy connotation with. Mm-hmm. Well, well, fascism. we know we know from the second film that Harry was doing a lot of traveling. So, uh, just saying that. Uh, probably picked it up from some US punk circles, you know, picked up that it was an Antifa thing. This is my headcanon, which I'm choosing to believe is absolutely true. And also, since Harry is a big gay, obviously it makes sense that he would absolutely not identify with Nazis, because famously did not like gay people. But the plot thickens as well, because very recently, I was thinking about this, because I I went through that same train of thought. I was like, well, Harry as a character is LGBT adjacent at the very least. Like, he's he's either bi or he's pan or he's gay. He's, you know, he's he's fucking LGBT to some extent. But um, in America, uh, it's I, I don't know how far this goes back, but very recently there have been surveys done that have shown that um huge amounts and i mean like 50 to 55 percent of uh lgbt adjacent people who uh voted in the last election uh voted <laughs> big old trump who's a uh, you know kind Which of the us's answer doesn't to... inherently make you a nazi that you voted for trump it just no no it, it doesn't but makes you it's it, it's it doesn't make you inherently anything, you know? It could be for <laughs> any number of reasons. Just personally, you know, not the political spectrum I side with. And I'm not... No. I, and I, I'm just... A lot of Nazis did vote for Trump, is all I'm saying. Yeah, that there's kind of no denying that. 
Um, but uh, basically, like... the st- I will also say basically the statistics you're citing is that 50% of a certain group of people voted for one of the two possible people they could vote for. That's, <laughs> that doesn't sound... Yeah, that, that sounds but... about right, honestly. I mean, the I guess the point I'm trying to make is like in the US, at least at the moment, there is a lot of very uh, unusual crossover between like LGBT circles and kind of far right and alt right circles. So and yeah, if, the right uh, there are trying to make it child abuse to you know promote trans children. Yeah, it's so messy and complicated, and I can't quite wrap my head around it as much as I try. But what I'm saying is, Harry having that symbol on his jacket is so... First of all, I think it's a really weird costume choice. There are so many kind of uh, punk-adjacent emblems and, like, logos you could choose. I mean, the fact that they're allowed to use... uh, I don't know. I feel feel like to to reference... If they're able to reference Johnny Rotten, they could have at least put him in the fucking Johnny Rotten Mm t-shirt. And that would have been fine. Like, that would have been, like, some consistency... Or they could have given him a, a Sex Pistols badge or something. Uh, but to go for the Iron Cross, I thought I just think it's a really weird choice, especially for uh, like a British production as well. Like, a, well, okay. <laughs> you know, just in terms of World War II, like the, uh, the Iron Cross is very much an, like an anti-British emblem and stuff. I don't know. I think it's a weird choice. I, I mean, if we're going choice. anti-British, then, like, you know, all the way, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, there is that, but, I mean, anti-British from uh, maybe not the, the Nazi type of My enemy's enemy isn't inherently my friend. Uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. But, look, here's... M- my headcanon is the, the, the at-worst... Harry fell in with a bad crowd at some point and then grew the fuck up. I mean, who among us can say we haven't fallen in with some less than reputable people at some point? You know, maybe not Nazis, but like you know, we've all we've uh, all speak for yourself. We we've all <laughs> we've all hung around with people that later on we were like, ah, that's a, a bit iffy. Or we've all you know yeah. ha- held opinions that we've later looked back on and been like. That was fucking gross of me. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, the thing is, like, it's... I don't know. Unless they were going to, like, develop on it, I don't see why they would choose that emblem, but you're dead, right? Like, it's so... I mean, especially, like, nowadays, it's so easy to fall down the pipeline of, like, alt-right fucking QAnon madness. I, I mean, I very nearly did as a young teenager. Like, I uh, very easily could have gone down that path, and there are people that I would have previously called friends who have followed it uh, like way, way down the rabbit hole and it's really scary. But uh, I just wish they hadn't used it. I think it's a, uh, it was a poor decision and they could have done any, any number of things with uh, Harry's costume that wasn't that. That's kind of my opinion on it. But at the very least... Once they get him in that costume, they don't then spend five minutes having him strut around doing Hitler salutes. <laughs> At least there is some yeah. ambiguity <laughs> to it. Yeah, like. <laughs> At least it took us six viewings to notice, and we didn't have to point it out in episode one. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, it, it's far like. 
I am yeah, making it's... these comparisons uh... to no film in particular. But there are certain films that really flaunt it. Certain children's films that yeah. really flaunt it. Um, oh, much. There's. All, I mean, I think you'll find it's film. There are films for everyone, including children. That flaunt it, <laughs> including children. Um, moving on. Pre Dancing Queen, Donna looks like Napoleon. I'm pretty sure that that Napoleon's hat also shows up in the second film. It very well could be the same Napoleon hat. In fact, like, on, uh, as I recall, in the director's commentary, he specifically said we had to do the Waterloo scene so that we could get the Napoleon's hat in there somewhere. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. And I also I noticed, I completely forgot to bring this up uh, this week, uh, there's a little bit where where Donna meets uh, Tanya and Rosie on the pier where she sort of grabs her dungarees and does a little, like, little, little jig... Exact yeah. same thing that she does in the second film when she puts on dungarees for the first time in the ah, Greek market. You're dead right. A little call now there. Yeah, now that's continuity. That's dungaree continuity, if I ever saw it. I'm telling you, the dungaree continuity is flawless. I mean, what, Donna falls into the goat house and her dungaree, like, the little strap breaks, and it's broken for, like, next few scenes until they fix it. The continuity is flawless. That is exquisite. I gotta say. I'm a fan. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think we, we had some questions about the n- name of the hotel. What's it called in the second film? Because we were like, wasn't it already called that? It's called but the I Hotel no- Belladonna in the second film. In the first film, it's right. the Villa Donna. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to double check that. Not to be uh, confused with Villa Athena, the hotel from my Mamma Mia summer. <laughs> and my Mamma Mia Christmas. Uh. Have you read that yet, My Mamma Mia Christmas? I have. I, I read it, like, the day after I finished reading Summer. Oh, fuck. How was it? Uh, it was basically just a hundred pages of more of the same. <laughs> Great. I need, I need to get on that. <laughs> I could do with that, I think. Um, my next note uh, is in reference to a few scenes. Men really are so fucking lame. Uh-huh. Uh... <laughs> I uh, wrote that down uh, during the lay all your love on me uh, scene because Sky is uh, slimy and all his friends that come out of the ocean are slimy. Literally. Just, well, yeah, they would be all that seaweed and shit. Yeah. Um, but just the bit when they're all on the the little uh, jetty in their fucking scuba, uh, their, their fucking flippers and their, their masks and stuff. I'm just like, God, I could not, I could not relate to this. Even, even like manliness in its uh, most effeminate forms, i.e., musical theater, just does not resonate with me, in the, in the slightest. <laughs> like, yeah, I may be called Butch. That may be my legal name, but like, it's the least <laughs> fitting name possible for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> men really are pigs. <laughs> It's tragic. Um, I also would like to reiterate, men really are so fucking lame. Uh, the fucking hand party. Oh, God, yeah. The fucking animals scaling the walls. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, fuck off. Listen to what party. Julie Walters has to say. Hen party, women only. Yeah. Amen. Oh, God, Julie fucking hitting it home with the solid points once more. 
Julie uh, Walters should be the president of the world. I I tend to agree. I see no harm coming of that. Um, I never noticed. I I watched the um the film with the sing along uh this week, hmm. and I never noticed the um the li- the subtle like lyric change in a uh, gimme gimme gimme, a man after midnight. Uh. Instead of uh, there's not a soul out there, it's a uh, is there a man out there? I don't know why that never, I don't know. I just never caught it before. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I guess it works because they're fucking like uh, descending on uh, uh, Bill and Harry, uh, like all, all the the hen party gals, and uh, <laughs> my final note. And I was meant to take a video of this to send to you, but um. I'll be sh- I'll be sure to point it out to you at some point in the future when we're watching the movie, probably two weeks time. Mm. Uh, in the final scene, well, uh, when when the fountain explodes and we get all those slow mo shots, uh, <laughs> there's one scene, there's one shot of uh, the priest running away, uh, like running away from the camera amidst all the like chaos and the water and stuff. And it's just the way that he's hunched over and the fact that he's wearing mostly black. He looks like Bigfoot. Like, <laughs> it looks like a poorly shot, like, like Bigfoot fucking video. Ladies and gentlemen, we found him. <laughs> Bigfoot is, in fact, an Irish priest living off the coast of Greece. No, no, this is what happened, you see. Fucking amateur Bigfoot footage was found. And the government was like, oh shit, we need to cover this up. What's the most inconspicuous way to do this? We'll film a Mamma Mia movie around it. No, <laughs> no one no, will ever you, know. You've you've got it slightly wrong because they actually uncovered the amateur Bigfoot footage before the musical Mamma Mia was even conceived. So oh, they employed um, uh, Judy Kramer to... Uh, or Julie Kramer, sorry? Julie Kramer to, to create Mamma Mia the musical with plans of uh hiding the footage amongst the movie adaptation in the future and uh, of course they enlisted the help of abba because they're like well if we want to make this musical big we can't be spending money on like writing new songs we may as well get some songs that are perfect already and so abba you realize that now that we've uncovered this conspiracy they're gonna be after us yeah this is why i'm fucking moving to middle of nowhere to live with you hmm I'm just gonna. You think I'm just gonna stay away from any windows from now on. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, who needs them? <laughs> um, I am happy to move on to the mailbag. Mailbag. First things first. We have a question from last week that only came in after we had finished recording. So I am. Dreadfully sorry, uh, we are only getting to it now. Uh, our question is from Noisy Lorna, uh, and the question is, what is the correct fingernail length? An excellent and relevant question. Um, I could take the lead with a dirty answer, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go the opposite direction. As long as possible. Uh because they're versatile. I think my goal in life is to... Uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it. Every, every fucking kid saw like photos of the, the dude with the longest fingernails in the world and stuff as a kid. Yeah, we that all had a Ridley's Believe It or Not book. 
Exactly, exactly. Ripley's Believe It or Not. I I would like to maybe try having fingernails like that and just see how I do. See uh, uh, how clean I can keep my butt. Uh, <laughs> see how clean I can keep the rest of my body, really. I don't know how I'd go At about some showering. some point, stuff, wouldn't, but... like, veins start growing into your nails? Like, maybe... I think at I, that yeah, point, at that that point cutting kid. them would be a very messy procedure. I think it'd be a medical procedure at that stage. Um but let's let's not get let's not be uh exclusive here of uh all nail lengths. I think all nail lengths are valid and I think a more viable option for me is to go for the record of world's shortest fingernails. <laughs> uh, Just pull them out. I've been working on I've been working on conti- well, no, because then then they're not the shortest because they're gone. But I've been working on continuously. I've been biting my nails back further and further, and uh, boy, is it messy. I I I lost I- a fingernail once. It's a it's a true story. Ooh, me too. It uh yeah, a big old fucking thing dropped on it and cracked off. Was, ah, I was I was probably like five or six. It was pretty fucking horrible. Uh. Hmm. It's it's back now, uh, which is good. That's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, I think I've lost two fingernails before. I lost one on my on my right thumb. A thumb is not a finger. And it got really badly infected, and I had to have it like uh, <laughs> like drained uh, on like a weekly basis. By which I mean, uh, we would dip like a a pin, like a safety pin, in like a hot, like boiling hot soapy water. Not soapy, sorry, boiling hot salty water and uh just burst the fucking horrible infected blisters that would appear on my thumb i was only like nine Goo-goo. i think so painful and uh other than that there was uh, like a second year of college i can't remember what i did but i really i think i like uh punched a can of beer and uh <laughs> it split the the nail on one of my middle fingers i see how old were you um, second year of college, twenty. I was twenty years right. old, but let me let me ask you a follow up question. How drunk were you? Um, you know, um, I can't remember, and I think that says so it all. So pretty drunk, yeah. Okay. Pretty drunk. It was. Do you, do you ever uh, you ever heard the game Cans? Uh, I've heard of several games called Cans, all of which have different rules. <laughs> what was your variation? Okay. <laughs> Our variation was um. God, it's so stupid. Uh, so you can play with any amount of people, and all you need is uh, a can of beer, an empty can of beer, and uh, you take turns punching the can, and uh, whoever bleeds last wins. Jesus Christ, why? <laughs> I don't know. What is the point <laughs> of it? And you say you reject manliness in even its most feminine form, but oh, I'm going to punch <laughs> a beer until I start bleeding. <laughs> I reject manliness, not stupidity. <laughs> but those things are synonymous, Jack. Hey, this sounds like anti-bimbo rhetoric. Not all bimbos are stupid. That's also very fair. Look, anyway. Let's not get into it. This is a complex uh, conversation, which I don't think a Mamma Mia podcast to get can facilitate <laughs> properly. Yeah, I'm surprised this question has lasted so long. My answer is simple. Just keep them trimmed to a reasonable length, file them down if necessary, and uh, run them across the inside of your mouth. And if it hurts, then uh, they need filing down more, because they're going to hurt when you're... 
Oh, for fuck's sake. I was like, I was like, is he going to go dirty with it? And you are... You're smutty. I'm just saying, it's a good bit of advice. Run them on the inside of your lips. If they if it hurts, it's going to hurt. Uh, so... I, I'm gonna bleep all of that. My next question is: uh, <laughs> I think it's good advice. I think it's I don't know. I think I think certain fucking people, i.e., certain men, need to hear that. <laughs> You're such a slime ball. <laughs> you know it, baby. Our next question <laughs> is from. Oh fuck! I'm gonna have trouble pronouncing this. You know I'm shit with Irish names. Uh, it's uh, Rod Enja. Uh, a cook. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, Roden J Cook. Cool. Yeah. Uh, whoever they are, they sound like a cook. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> like a chef. Yeah, you know the the whole woman cookbook. Uh, <laughs> of course, the finest cuisine. Uh, their question is, uh, is that pronounced Ueshun? Or West Westshun. <laughs> uh, and what is that in reference to? I have no idea. Uh, so I'm just gonna move right along and say that you're an idiot. Uh, whoever that is. Uh, yeah, that person sounds very silly. Our next question comes from friend of the show, Mrs. H, who asks, Mrs. H. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? I mean, How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Seventeen. We've been over this. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> it's, I can, I can, I can cite my sources here. Uh, in that, uh, uh, the the actor who played Maroni and Assline in Bundle of Two once posted to his Instagram story the question of how much wood could a woodchuck chuck. I uh, responded with seventeen, and he responded that, and I quote, "That's a good chucking number." So. That is, I think that's as good a citation as we can get with a question like this. So, uh, on to the Patreons. Yay. Our first patron is Jack Kavanagh. Jack Kavanagh. Our second patron is Mrs. H. <laughs> Our third and final patron, the one, the only, the man of your dreams, is back. Andy Kinsella. Oh, Andy Kinsella. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com forward slash freebeansalpod. It's probably the word free. I don't fucking care. Uh, give us five US dollars or more per month. Or is it five years or more per month? It's money. Give us money and you'll get here. But if you give us not enough money, you won't get your name read out here. But if you give us more money, you'll get your name read out here. And a bunch of other shit. Or you could do what everyone else is doing and not pay us and let us starve and let him not get pantaloons. He is mm. living out of not even his parents' house. He's living out of my parents' house. Uh, <laughs> that's how much well, of a fucking my, mooch he is. He needs uh, his my, money. My pantaloons are sodden and the flies are swarming. He's living out of his old pantaloons. He is sleeping under a mattress oh, of pants. No. Please send help. He can't even oh. sleep on the park benches anymore because they're converting them into a wheelchair chairs. Yeah. Fucking hell. God, this country is very strange. On the on the note of this country being strange, I'd like to uh, finish this show off with a fun fact, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, what, liberate uh, Palestine? 
Well, liberate Palestine. Absolutely. I fully endorse that. Uh, put me on a black list. Israel, do it. Um, We're already banned in China, baby. Banned <laughs> in China, not welcome in Germany. Banned in Israel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, a world tour is going to become... Uh, I was going to say harder, but it's actually going to be way easier if there's less countries we can go to. <laughs> um, But here's... um. Here's a fun fact I'd like to close the show with today. Uh, and it kind of relates to the, you know, the fact that this uh, country is very, very strange at the moment. A lot of weird goings-ons and such. Um, and during the week, uh, it was announced that the first bowling alley in Ireland, Leisureplex in Stillorgan, Dublin, uh, de- demolition commenced on that bowling alley, which is very sad. I uh, frequented that bowling, bowling alley. alley yeah really i don't believe you yeah there you go it is i swear to god look it up ireland's first bowling alley in stillorgan i don't think it was called leisureplex back in the day but it was bought by leisureplex and uh anyways uh frequented said bowling alley quite a lot as a child as a teen as well it was a a favorite hangout spot of mine and my pals uh including former patreon adam redmond um (laughs) It was also the workplace of none other than Matthew Rudden for uh, about a year. Yep, your next uh, of kin. My next of kin. He, in fact, donned the the suit of the mascot, Plexi the Dinosaur, a number of times uh, and said it was by far the worst thing he's ever had to do in his life. Mm. Uh, Worst thing he's (laughs) ever had to do in his life so far. Uh, (laughs) But, um... There, there, you know, there's some rich history with that bowling alley as well. And, uh, for instance, when it first was set up in the, I want to say, late 70s, early 80s, uh, it had a, like, one of those classic, like, kind of, you know, like the Bolorama signs, like the, the big electric uh, kind of uh, neon-looking things. You know, the mm. ones, like, the classic ones that you see in, like, The Simpsons and shit, like Barney's yeah, Bolorama, yeah. that kind of thing. And that was installed, uh, that sign over the, the Stillorgan Bowling Alley was installed by an electrician from uh, Ballantyre, which is uh, where I live, where, well, where my family's from in Dublin. And uh, that electrician's name was none other than Andy Kinsella. Oh, the one and only. <laughs> the man of your dreams installed the, the, the fucking neon sign above... Leisureplex Stalorgan. You're welcome, Ireland. Oh, God. What an episode it's been. Yeah. I suppose, uh... Goodbye. But he was mentioned. It was weird. As was Herner Verzog. You mean Werner Herzog?
Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my brain shut down for a sec. <laughs> my apologies to Gerner Ver- Gerner Werner. I can't tell if you're joking or not, it's the thing. <laughs> uh, 